Shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. Joshua Wall walks in, got the Major Junior. This is Logan Stankoven. I play for the Camels Blazers. Hey, it's Matt Potter from the Guelph Storm. This is Axler LaRue from the Halifax Moosehead. Nathai Gauthier. I play for the Quebec Ramparts. Hey, guys. This is Ty Nelson from the North Day Battalion, and this is the Pipeline Show. NCAA. This is Ryan McAllister for the Western Michigan Broncos. This is Wyatt Kaiser from Minnesota Duluth. This is Brock Faber from the University of Minnesota. The NHL Draft. This is Adam Fantilli of the University of Michigan. This is Ryan Leonard. I play for Team USA. I'm Nate Danielson of the Brandon Lee Kings. My name is Adam Guyam. I'm playing for Chippewa Field. Hi, I'm Grayson Sochin. I'm with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Hey, this is Jacob Fowler, goaltender for the Youngstown Phantoms. I'm Connor Bedard for the Regina Pats, and this is the Pipeline Show. And more. Brandon! This is the Pipeline Show. Well, you hear the goal horn, but we are just getting started here on the Pipeline Show. Welcome to the program, everybody. My name is Guy Flaming, and it is a pleasure to have you along once again. Whether you're listening right now on EdmontonSportsTalk.com, usually that will be a Saturday at noon or a Monday at 8 p.m., depending, of course, on uh, the rest of the programming schedule, which often varies because of the Edmonton Oilers. So you got pregame and postgame shows and all of that stuff. That might affect uh, when this program actually airs, but just check in and uh, check out edmontonsportstalk.com and uh, you'll see when the program will be on next. It's been a little while since I was on the uh, EST Hangout, expecting another invitation soon, fellas. Always a pleasure to jump in the studio there with the guys. And for those who are downloading this as a podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, Pleasure to have you along as well. A big shout out to patrons who support the program by subscribing on either a monthly or a annual basis. Monthly costs a couple of bucks a month US. If you do it annually, you get a 10% discount. So it's a little over 20 bucks. The way you get for that is early access to every interview that you hear on a full episode of the show. Patrons get access to those interviews a couple of days, maybe even longer before uh, a full show is released. Usually it's the same day that the interview actually takes place. This week a little different because uh, the guests that I have on this week's episode, who I'll tell you they are in a moment, uh, both of those were done on Thursday, so it was kind of a last-minute thing. had a tough time uh, booking the show this week, unfortunately. The good news in that is uh, that next week's show is almost already fully booked because some of the guests that I had lined up had to bump and... uh, We'll chat with them early next week. So for an example, I got a guest on Monday who is scheduled. The show doesn't come out till Friday, but patrons will have access to that full interview at patreon.com slash the pipeline show on Monday. So for four days before everybody else is able to hear it. It's one of the advantages of being a patron. I really appreciate the support. It really is the support from patrons that keeps this show going. So if you find a value in what I'm doing here on the program, keeping you updated, Uh, through all junior hockey and college hockey, getting to know some of the future talent of the National Hockey League, and you got a couple of bucks to chip in, hey, I'd appreciate it. The show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best. You can get it in three Edmonton and area locations, Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. You can't win friends with salad. I highly recommend you get out and get some beef jerky from Wilhock. Do it today. Your taste buds will thank me for it. Let them know the Pipeline Show sent you. 
Let's get to this week's news and notes. And, of course, we'll start with the CHL's top 10. No change at the top. The Saskatoon Blades are still the number one ranked team in the entire country and have been in this position for a month now. Baycomo is now up to number two. They've been, if it hasn't been Saskatoon, Baycomo has pretty much run the table here in the queue this year as the top team. If it's not been Saskatoon, it's been Baycomo probably since the, the calendar flipped to 2024, one of those two teams, but it's Saskatoon's here over the last month. The London Knights fall from the number two spot, but not that far. They are number three. Drummondville up one spot to number four. Saginaw flips with them. They are now five. The Prince George Cougars are at six, followed by the Portland Winterhawks, the Everett Silvertips. You got the Victoriaville Tigers at nine, and Swift Current comes in at number 10. Let's go to the scoring races across the Canadian Hockey League. We'll start in the queue. Leading the Quebec Maritime Junior Hockey League in scoring is Antonin Vero, undrafted, has 88 points this season for the Roy Noranda Huskies, including 28 goals. Then you've got uh, Justin Gill from Bay Como, New York Islanders prospect. He has 78 points, so a 10-point gap there between Gill and Vero. Vegas Golden Knights prospect Matthew Cataford, who plays for Halifax, is next with 77. Then Cataford's undrafted teammate Marcus Vitacek has 73. And Tommy Cormier from the Victoriaville Tigre, the Tigers forward with 69. Nice total there. Meanwhile, in the Ontario Hockey League, David Goyette of the Sudbury Wolves has 90 points, 33 of which are goals. He is a Seattle Krakens draft pick. Here's the guy going into the draft. After not being taken last year, his name is Anthony Romani. He plays for North Bay. He's got 86 points, 44 goals this season. No chance Anthony Romani doesn't get taken this year. Danny Gore from Owen Sound is tied with a Philadelphia Flyers prospect, Denver Barkey. He plays for the London Knights. They both have 79 points, as does Zane Parekh of the Saginaw Spirit, who is tentatively scheduled to join me next week. He's one of those guys that was hopefully going to join me this week, but we pushed it by a week. He's a defenseman, folks. He's got 79 points this season for the Memorial Cup host Saginaw Spirit. When for a while there this season, it was a trio of Kitchener Rangers at the top. They've slipped a bit. Carson Rakoff has 78. Hunter Brustevich, now with the Calgary Flames, has 78. And Matthew Sopp with 77. I mean, they're all right there, but those three were leading the way for a long time this year. I should point out that if you're going by points per game, Easton Cowan of the London Knights happens to be a, a Toronto Maple Leafs prospect. He's got 75 points in just 42 games this year. 1.79 points per game. And uh, Quentin Musty, who's missed time as well, he plays for the Sudbury Wolves. First round pick last summer by the San Jose Sharks. He's got 69 points in 39 games. So both of those guys have missed time but are piling up the points for their respective teams. As we check in on the Western Hockey League here, closer to home, leading not just the dub but the entire Canadian Hockey League in scoring coming into the weekend is a Jagger Furcus of the Moose Jaw Warriors, another Seattle Kraken prospect. So you got a Seattle guy in, in the OHL leading the league and also in the dub, Jagger Furcus with 96 points, 43 of which are goals. Zach Funk, in his last year of eligibility, up in Prince George, undrafted. Have to think somebody's going to sign him as a free agent. 95 points, 53 goals. Only guy in the Canadian Hockey League that has surpassed 50 already this season. His teammate is Riley Height, drafted by Minnesota. 
but the Prince George Cougars duo, they both have 95 points. Riley Height with 31 goals, but 64 assists. Those two guys having a heck of a season together. Then you've got undrafted Gabe Clausen of the Portland Winterhawks with 90 points. And uh, possibly the first player taken out of the dub for the draft this year is Berkeley Catton with 89. More and more rankings, though, I'm seeing uh, Caden Lindstrom of the Medicine Hat Tigers as uh, potentially that first guy taken out of the Western Hockey League uh, for the draft this year. He's missed a ton of time here, though, and I wonder if that comes into play on draft day. We'll see. Let's drop down to the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Lucas Sukovic of the Bonneville Pontiacs leads uh, what's left of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Down to 11 teams now. He has 65 points in 55 games. Sukovic, or Sukovic, maybe it might be Sukovic, uh, is from Illinois and scheduled to play in Clarkston next year with the Golden Knights of the NCAA. Chasing him down is uh, Bowden Singleton of the Calgary Canucks. Singleton has 62 points, so three back of Sukovic. Got to check with Michael Menzies on that pronunciation. Uh, Singleton is from Calgary, plays for the Calgary Canucks. The 19-year-old, as of yet, does not have a college commitment, I don't believe. And the next player in the AJ is uh, Caden Cabana from the Lloyd Bobcats, who has 60 points. Looks like he's already committed to play U-Sports with uh, Grant McEwen starting next season. Top scorer in the British Columbia Hockey League, a big lead here atop the scoring race. It's Caden Cranston of the Surrey Eagles, the Rochester, New York product is uh, scheduled to join the Warriors of Merrimack College next season. Cranston has 24 goals and 62 points to sit atop the BCHL in scoring. Eight of the top 10 scorers in the BCHL are actually Americans. Felix Caron from the West Kelowna Warriors is a second in league scoring with 53 points. He's actually tied with Aaron Schwartz from the Surrey Eagles, one of those uh, eight Americans at the top. Caron is from Terrebonne, Quebec. Schwartz is from Parkland, Florida. He'll be going to Quinnipiac. And both of those guys are actually tied with uh, Nicholas Beneteau, who's from Ontario. Now in his third year with the Alberti Valley Bulldogs, he's up to 53 points. He'll be going to St. Lawrence University starting next season. Dipping south of the border, Jack Sondriel leads the USHL in scoring with uh, the Dubuque Fighting Saints. He has 58 points. He is officially 20 years old now, just turned This past week, the Minnesota product will be going to play for Boston College starting next year. But he's got 58 points in 43 games, undrafted at this point. So uh, looking to to earn a contract after his uh, tenure at Boston College is done. Matt Vagreden of the Muskegon Lumberjacks. This is year two for him in the uh, USHL, draft-eligible player this year. Six foot one, 185 pounds, originally from Kurgan, Russia, scheduled to join the Michigan Wolverines next season. He's next in USHL scoring with 54 points. Uh, those two guys are followed by Zamplant, who is a already drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Undersized center, listed at 5'10, 170 pounds, will be playing for Minnesota Duluth next year. Then you've got Trevor Connolly, who's uh, in the news. I don't know if you saw the article at The Athletic this past week. Uh, I see that story getting a lot of mixed reviews, though. Spoke with uh, one NHL scout who uh, called it a hatchet job. Definitely some baggage there that uh, teams and fans are going to have to be aware of. Saw the story earlier this fall uh, from the Rink Live, and this a follow-up with The Athletic here this past week. Interestingly, though, a lot of unnamed sources 
which I understand that happens. But I wish there were some people involved with that would go on the record. Like, he's scheduled to go to Providence College next year. Why not uh, track down Nate Lehman and ask him some questions about Trevor Connolly or people from USA Hockey? But uh, anyway, Connolly having a really strong season at Tri-City, 52 points in only 36 games played. Finally, it's uh, Max Swanson from the first place Fargo Force. Really undersized, five foot seven, and uh, under 160 pounds. He's supposed to go to North Dakota next year. This is year two for him in the USHL, both with Fargo. He's got 51 points right now after 37 games. Zipping over to the Null in the North American Hockey League, Max Martin continues to lead by a long shot. The Wisconsin Windigo forward has 79 points in 46 games. The import Swede playing for the Northeast Generals has been near the top of the scoring race all season long. His name is Sixten Yernersho, 64 points this season. Only nine goals. Almost all of them are assists. He's not a defenseman. You might see that with a defenseman, but uh, unusual to see a four with the point total so skewed towards uh, just assists. Uh, Matteo Discipio, Canadian, playing for the Rochester Junior Americans, has 58 points. Tyler Graham from Wisconsin with 55, and another Canadian, Massimo Gentile, also with Rochester, with 54 points. And finally, with the Division I NCAA men's hockey, Gabe Perot now leading the NCAA in scoring with 48 points. The New York Rangers prospect having a heck of a, a freshman season. Will Smith, his teammate, also a freshman, with 46 points. Perot drafted by the Rangers, Smith drafted by San Jose, they have overtaken from uh, Jack Devine and Massimo Rizzo, the uh, pair of Denver Pioneers. Devine, who is a Florida prospect, and uh, Philadelphia drafted Massimo Rizzo. They both have 44 points. Rounding out the top five is uh, Cutter Goche of Boston College with 43 points. The An- now the Anaheim Duck prospect, originally drafted by Philly. And uh, Macklin Celebrity from uh, BU also has 43 points. Probably flying under the radar for a lot of people is Colin Graff at Quinnipiac. Undrafted, has 42 points in just 26 games this year. Would have to think he's on the list as a potential free agent signing for a lot of clubs. Listed at 6'1", 194 pounds. This is his third year at the NCAA level. Last year with Quinnipiac, he had 59 points in 41 games. Not sure he'll get that high this year. But uh, the defending champs played that many because they got all the way there last season. Not sure that that's in store for Quinnipiac or not this year. But uh, speaking of, why don't we look in at the top 20 before we uh, get on with the rest of the show. Boston College, unanimous choice at USCHO as the number one seed. Boston University is next. Then you've got Denver, Michigan State, North Dakota, Wisconsin, and uh, then you've got Quinnipiac. The Minnesota Golden Gophers are 8, Maine is 9, Colorado College up to 10. Boy, the CC Tigers uh, took it to North Dakota last weekend. Uh, Cornell is at 11, followed by Providence, Western Michigan, Massachusetts, St. Cloud, New Hampshire. The Michigan Wolverines all the way back to number 17 right now. Arizona State is at 18, Omaha and uh, RIT rounds things out in the number 20 spot. All my guests join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. Talk about craft beverages worth sharing. Go to troubledmonk.com slash shop. See what they have in inventory right now. Then go to your local Alberta liquor store and pick up your selection. 
I recommend the Daycation Lager. The Troubled Tea is really good on a hot day as well. And it's, uh, man, we've been really spoiled here this winter in Alberta. As I'm speaking with you right now, it's plus 11 degrees Celsius. Supposed to get some snow this weekend, but at these temperatures, how long is that going to stay? Troubled Monk originates in Red Deer. You can go stop in at the tap room, enjoy some food and uh, beverages exclusively to the tap room. Why don't you let me know what your favorite drink is uh, made by Troubled Monk? The guest list this week is uh, just two guests long. Again, part of that is because uh, two of the planned guests that I had had to push to next week. Unfortunately, I was able to go a little longer with each guest. We're going to begin with an update from the Ontario Hockey League, and uh, Brad Cogemilio from Sioux Today is going to join me. From my vantage point, it looks like, on paper at least, there's four teams that are in the thick of it as legit contenders for the OHL title this year. They all happen to be in the same conference. We'll let Brad kind of explain that scenario for you. And then we're going to turn on the 2024 draft spotlight. We're going to get to know Edmonton Oil Kings forward Adam Yeko. He's from the Czech Republic, or Czechia if you prefer. That's actually one of the topics that we uh, discuss is how many people there call it Czechia, which I found a little bit interesting. But I was really impressed with uh, Adam, and uh, he had lots to say and speaks very good English. Played the last couple of years in Finland before coming over and playing uh, with the Edmonton Oil Kings this year. Anyway, he's ranked really high. He's 13th in North America by NHL Central Scouting. I think most people expect him to be either a late first or an early second round pick for the draft. Definitely something you need to know. And the Oil Kings right now playing some pretty good hockey and doing it in front of great crowds. Have you been down to Rogers Place to watch the Oil Kings here lately? They had a home-and-home with the Red Deer Rebels last weekend. Won both ends of that uh, series. Just shy of 10,000 in the building on Saturday for that. Then on Monday afternoon, it was family day. The Medicine Hat Tigers in town. Really talented club. 16 goals combined between the two teams. Ended up being a 9-7 win for Medicine Hat. Over 12,000 people at Rogers Place to watch the Oil Kings that day. And on Wednesday, it was Hockey Hookie. You know it was going to be a big crowd. Over 15,000 people in the building that morning, it started at 11 a.m., uh, and what a game. The Oil Kings have a 3-1 lead going into the third period. Calgary comes back, ties it, and then takes the lead. But the Oil Kings, in the dying minute, get a pair of goals and win it in the final 35 seconds of the game. The place was going bonkers. Really exciting game. Edmonton is on the road to start this weekend. They're in Lethbridge on Friday night. Back on Sunday for the first ever visit of the Wenatchee Wild. Looking forward to that. There's only five regular season games left at uh, Rogers Place for the Oil Kings this season. They are looking up in the standings. It's uh, Mathematically, they're still in it, but uh, realistically, probably not. There's three teams between them and eighth place, and I think they have to win seven more games than all three of those teams. So highly unlikely, but uh, they're still in it and playing some uh, pretty entertaining hockey, and the crowds have been a lot of fun here. It's only been twice since before Halloween that Edmonton has had less than 5,000 people in the building. Pretty awesome. Quick reminder of Pro Stock Hockey. It's your authentic Pro Stock Hockey equipment where you can get your sticks and gloves and everything else. Go to ProStockHockey.com and see what they have in stock right now. Just announced here a couple of hours ago 
via their Twitter feed, new pants from uh, Warrior Hockey in uh, several different colors, including Hartford Whaler Green. All right, let's get to business. And Brad Cogimilio covers the Sioux Greyhounds for Sioux today. He's going to bring us up to speed on everything with the Ontario Hockey League, including a lawsuit filed against the Greyhounds by a former netminder, Tucker Tynan. Let's dive into that. Next, you're listening to The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Here's Perlini. Perlini loads it up, and he scores! It's a hat Hey, it's Brendan Perlini from Niagara Ice Dogs, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Done. Buddy, want to come over and watch the game? I'll make a big salad. Uh, I don't know, man. Steve, come over and watch the game. I've got a massive salad here. Yeah, my wife needs me to go shopping with her. Mike, want to watch the game and eat salad with me? Who is this? Did I mention I've got a bunch of Will Hawk beef jerky, too? I'll be right over. I'm heading over now. I'm already at your front door. Will Hawk beef jerky, because you don't win friends with salad. Will Hawk is the home of Alberta's best beef jerky. In Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. I can't sugarcoat this. We are at threat level midnight. Continuing on here with The Pipeline Show, and uh, we're going to head out to the Ontario Hockey League, and uh, one of the guys who covers that league as well as anyone is Brad Cogemilio from Sioux Today. Uh, welcome back to the show, Brad. How are things for you? Guy, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, man. Things are uh, things are good here, and uh, always... Uh, Always a pleasure to join the show. Always excited when the team that you're covering is in the thick of things, and the Greyhounds are certainly yeah. that. Uh, we'll get to the the hockey on the ice and what the OHL uh, playoff seating looks like and all of that stuff in a moment. But we got to start with the the big story, I guess, that came out yesterday. I think it was Rick Westhead <laughs> from TSN that, that broke this. But uh, former Sioux Greyhound player, Tucker Tynan, goaltender, he's suing the team now. Can you give us a, a bit of a synopsis of, of what's happening there? Yeah, so I mean, uh, and and Tucker Tynan obviously is a, you know, he's a kid that a lot of people around junior hockey remember. He was, um, you know, when he was with the Niagara Ice Dogs, was cut by a skate pretty severely. Mm-hmm. You know, things didn't look good for um, him coming back. He made a he made a comeback, got back into the league, and um, the year that he got back into the league, he got traded by Niagara to uh, to the Greyhounds. And um, yeah, so like you said, you know, in the last uh, you know the last day or two, all of this has been you know, kind of coming out, um, you know, the, the basics of it is, um, you know, Tucker is suing the Greyhounds for, uh, I believe it's $300,000. Um, the allegations are, um, you know, are, are interesting in a sense. Um, you know, so, so basically part of the issue is, um, you know, he's alleging that the team staff and, uh, some of the Greyhound officials mishandled a, a shoulder injury, the injury that he had late in that season, which would have been the, uh, 21-22 OHL season. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got hurt late in the year um, in a game against, I believe it was against Saginaw. Um, you know, at the at the time, and I went, I actually had to go back and look at my uh, look at my game story and my game notes from that one. And thankfully, I hold on to all of that stuff. Uh, you know, he came out of the game in the first period. Uh, you know, at the time, the team basically said that you know it was an upper body injury. He was treated at the rink. Um, you know, he could have gone back into the game if they had, but um, it wasn't a situation where it was a necessity. 
Um, you know, so obviously at the time that was that he didn't really miss any, any time, um, you know, and, and now we're learning that, um, it sounds like the injury was, you know, at least Tucker is alleging that the injury was more severe. Um, you know, it sounds like it was, uh, you know, along the lines of a, of a separated shoulder or, or some sort of tear. Um, so now he's alleging that, um, you know, that the team, uh, you know, their athletic trainer denied that, uh, you know, him wanting to go to the hospital and get checked out that, you know, they didn't really need to, to bring him there to get treated. Um, you know, and they basically, you know, they basically worked on his shoulder right at the rink. Um, you know, and, and any follow-up treatment, it was basically, uh, you know, the lawsuit basically says that, you know, any follow-up treatment by, by the team was basically, um, you know, his arm was in a sling. He was, you know, provided, you know, pain pills, um, you know, to, to deal with that. And, you know, that ultimately led to, um, you know, a meeting with, you know, Greyhound coach, Je- uh, coach John Dean, uh, who is still with the team, um, Kyle Raptis, who's the general manager and Julian Cooper, who's the athletic therapist. Um, you know, apparently there was an argument during the meeting and, um, some things were said. There's an accusation as well that, um, that John Dean used some sort of racial um, comment, uh, you know, as, as part of the whole situation. It's, um, you know, it, it's really, uh, it, it's a, it's a really wild, wild, um, you know, thing. And it just like, it, it did feel, it does feel like it kind of come out of nowhere. Um, you know, it sounds like the lawsuit was, uh, you know, was put through court here in the Sioux uh, earlier this month. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things where it's, you know, from my end, it's a, it's a little, um, I, I, I want to say surprising just because, you know, with the Greyhounds treatment of injuries over the year, like we're, you know, I, I look back to this year alone where Bryce McConnell Barker was, you know, was out after taking a hit earlier in the year against London, you know, he missed six weeks of play due to, uh, you know, due to concussion protocol. So, you know, and, and, and he was getting closer and closer and, you know, I, I, I feel like there's been times where the team has, you know, maybe been, you know, maybe overly cautious and maybe kept guys out a little longer than, um, you know, than they needed to be where players were ready to get back into the lineup. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, that Tucker Tynan's allegations are, you know, are completely false. That's obviously not for, uh, you know, not for me to decide. I don't know both sides of the story, yeah. you know, to the full extent, right? Um, you know, it just, you know, but like I said, it, it does seem like it, it came out of, you know, out of left field, um, you know, not surprisingly, the Greyhounds are, um, you know, denying everything. Um, they haven't put through a, um, they haven't uh, put through anything in the courts yet as far as, as a defense yet, but uh, judging by uh, the statements that they've released over the last day or two, um, you know, they're, you know, they are in a position and they do plan to fight this, um, you know, and, and you know, Tim Lukenda, their president and, and who's big, big part of their ownership group is, um, you know, it's vehemently denying the, uh, you know, the allegations and, you know, says the team backs their, their staff as well. So that's, uh, like you said, it's a pretty, pretty wild situation to kind of, uh, you know, and especially getting close to playoffs here, right? This is a team that's, you know, played some good hockey and now they've got this lingering, uh, lingering over them, you know, over the last, uh, you know, five, six weeks of the regular season here. Tynan was done with the Greyhounds after the the playoffs that year. I know last year that that would have been his nineteen year old season, right? He had one more year of eligibility, but yeah, uh, was gone from well, right out of the OHL, and he only played one game. It looks like, according yeah. to Elite Prospects, one game in the USHL the following season. Um, so I, maybe he did have some lingering 
uh, health yeah. issues. Looks like he's playing this year, uh, although like in the FPHL, I don't even know where that is. But yeah, it's uh, it's a fe- federal something or other league. It's yeah, it's it's a league that admittedly I hadn't even I hadn't heard of up until uh, uh, up until before we you yeah. know when this call came out and. It does sound like he did have uh, he did have shoulder surgery at one point after um, you know after the season, but I, I I'd have to double check in terms of how close it was to um, to the end of that season because he was you know I will say he was he was great in the Greyhounds playoff run that year like they only went two rounds but you know he you know that was that playoff run was probably the best hockey he had played with the Greyhounds so. You know, if he was nursing this injury, which, like I said, I you know I'm not going to sit here and say he was or he wasn't, right. but um, you know, if this injury was as serious as you know, is he saying is it is? You know, it's pretty amazing how you know the quality of hockey he played over um, over the stretch after this injury happened and into the playoffs because he was um, you know he was extremely good. I remember that playoff uh, that couple of rounds in the playoffs and he was extremely good for them. So. It's uh, it's a very interesting uh, interesting situation here, uh, you know, to see how this is going to end up playing out. All right, and we have no idea how long it'll take to play out, but we'll uh, we'll we'll keep tabs on it and uh, talk about it again. I'm sure down the road. All right, for now, let's get to the actual hockey being played in the OHL right now this season. And boy, from the outside looking in, it looks like a four horse race in the entire league, and they all happen to be at the top of the Western Conference. You got the London Knights with 83 points. Saginaw, who's hosting the Memorial Cup, uh, right behind them with 81. The Greyhounds have 75. The Kitchen Rangers with 72. And then it's everybody else in the league. I mean, those four teams have more points than anybody in the Eastern Conference. Does it really feel like that from your vantage point, that it's those four teams? I mean, one of those teams from the East, if Saginaw gets to the final, boy, they get a free pass to uh, to the Memorial Cup. So, I mean, it's pretty huge, but... Do you see it right now as those four teams and everybody else? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for me right now, it's, uh, you know, like you said, it's, you know, London, Saginaw, the Greyhounds, and Kitchener. And, you know, admittedly, Kitchener's tailed off a little bit since, uh, you know, since the trade deadline in January. But, like, their roster's still extremely solid. And they've, you know, still managed to play some decent hockey at times since the deadline. So Why have they faltered? You know what? And I, I, I think part of it is, um, you know, we sometimes when you when you add guys like they added Edward Shalley, who's a Seattle prospect. Um, you know, they they made a couple of moves, you know, leading into it, and I'm almost wondering if it's you know if it's just taken some time. And um, you know, a lot of it's been been smaller stuff. Um, you know, they have had some injury situations as well, which uh, mm-hmm. which hasn't helped. Philip Mashar's been uh, was out for for a little bit for them, and he's obviously a you know a big part of their roster. So I think. You know, I, I, a healthy Kitchener team with some, you know, with some time to kind of get settled in now with uh, with a full lineup is, you know, is definitely on par with uh, with the top four or the top three other teams rather in in the Western Conference. And you know, like you said, those are, you know, for me having seen pretty much everybody in the league to this point that, uh, you know, that would be considered a contender at this point. Like, you know, to me, there's no doubt that those are the four best teams in the league at this point. And you know, like you said, it's you know, it's a scenario where if Saginaw gets into the final, you know, you're looking at you're, you're if you're the Eastern Conference, you know, you're laughing because it's you know automatic ticket to the Memorial Cup regardless of uh, what happens. Um, you know, there are some talented teams like you know Sudbury in the East is um, you know they're they're extremely talented. Um, you know, they're just a you know a team that for whatever reason. 
um, is very hit or miss in terms of which Sudbury team you're going to see. They're either really good on some nights or they're just average on others. Um, you know, for a team that's got the talent level that they have, it's, you know, a kind of, you know, it, it's hard to assess just because I expect them to be so much better. But, yeah, um, yeah those four teams in the West are, um, you know, like I said, I've, you know, seen all four of them, uh, you know, Kitchener's coming in this weekend to, to play in the Sioux again. And that's, you know, games between those four teams have been an ab- been absolute battles and, you know, a ton of fun to watch here this year. Uh, since you brought up the Sudbury Wolves, I noticed 256 goals for, but 209 goals against. It, it looks like they're they're playing a lot of high scoring games and they're they're able to outscore their opposition, but they might be giving up three or four on a regular basis as well. Uh, just compared to the rest of the conference, they score more than everybody else in the East, but they're in the middle of the pack when it comes to goals against. So that seems to be a challenge for them. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, this is a team that they added, uh, you know, they added a, a goaltender, uh, during the year in Marcus Vandenberg, who's, you know, he's been just okay for them. Um, at times, uh, Jakob Vondras was, uh, you know, at the, um, uh, at the world juniors for Czechia this year. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a kid that's solid. Um, you know, they, they've adjusted their blue line a little bit. They added a couple of bodies, uh, ahead of the deadline and, um, you know, and Donovan McCoy, who's, uh, who's a 19 year old and Noah Van Vliet, who's also a 19 year old from, uh, Peterborough and Brantford, respectively. And, you know, those are two guys that I think they're, you know, trying to maybe settle their blue line down a little bit and, and adding two veteran guys like that. And, you know, McCoy's got, uh, got some, you know, some experience in terms of long playoff runs. And, you know, he was on that Peterborough team that went to the, uh, went to the OHL title last year. And, um, you know, Noel Van Vliet's been on some good, uh, you know, good teams in Brantford slash Hamilton over the past, uh, you know, the past few years as well. So, um, you know, those guys had some playoff experience, which will be helpful. Um, you know, if they could get it figured out on the defensive side, and like I said before, kind of get their, you know, their game figured out in terms of, uh, you know, playing well on a consistent basis, like they could be, um, you know, to me, they're probably the most talented team in the East. It's just a matter of getting it all figured out. Brad Cogemilio from the Sioux Today is uh, my guest here as we're looking at the OHL. Uh, now those London Knights, no surprise to see them high and in the mix there as the top team in the league. They score more than anybody else in the league, 263 goals for, and they don't give up much, only 163 goals yep. against. That's the lowest in the league as well. Um, so, I mean, that's a pretty good recipe for success when you can score at will seemingly uh, and uh, nobody can get the puck away from you long enough to actually score on you. Um, this London Knights team yeah. looks legit. Once again, no surprise. Yeah, no question. Um, you know, their goaltending, they added Michael Simpson, who was uh, Peter Burrow's goaltender uh, on their run last year. And, um, you know, he, he's been real good for them. And Owen Wilmore has been really good as a backup for them. He's, uh, he's a 19-year-old guy. He's a little older, too, um, you know, but doesn't have a ton of experience, but has been real good for them, uh, you know, when they needed him to play. And, um, you know, their blue line, it's, you know, their, their group of defensemen is really interesting because, you know, they do have, uh, you know, they do have veteran guys that have been around the league. Uh, you know, guys like Isaiah George, who's a, a New York Islanders pick, uh, you know, a guy like Jackson Edward, uh, who's a Boston pick from a couple of years ago, you know, guys that are real steady and real good, but then, um, you know, they're, they're real, their younger guys are real good too. Like Oliver Bonk, who was just drafted last summer by mm-hmm. Philly, um, you know, has been real good for them. Sam Dickinson, who's up for uh, for this year's draft, has been really good for them. Uh, 
they're yeah, like you said, they're they're going to be a team that's real tough to beat. They're just coming off uh, just coming off a stretch where they had won twenty three straight twenty three straight games rather without losing in uh, in regulation time. They just had a snap last week, and um, you know you talk about a team that's playing some of their best hockey at this point. Really, aside from aside from that one game last week against the Sioux that they had their streak snap, they've been um, extremely good, and that and that's not even including the fact that. Um, you know, like you said, this team's been run offensively with, you know, guys like Leaf Pick, Easton Cowan, and, um, you know, Max McHugh, who's uh, an overage guy, has been really good. Denver Barkey's been real good. He's a Philadelphia third rounder. This is a team that's, um, you know, it's going to be real tough to beat. Um, you know, but like I said, that, you know, that whole Western Conference is going to be, it's going to be uh, real tough going through uh, after round one. It's, um, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a dog fight, so to speak after, uh, once you hit round two, where you're going to be looking at, you know, London Kitchener, the Grounds and Saginaw, they're all going to be more than likely facing each other beginning in round two. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough to get through the Western conference, but, uh, you know, London's probably, I, for me, London's probably the favorite at this point. They're playing, um, you know, some of the best hockey out of, uh, out of the top four at this point. Brad, you mentioned Oliver Bonk. He had 40 points last year. He's got 58 right now. So really, progression and development from one year to the next. That doesn't seem like an outrageous yeah. number. Sam Dickinson, meanwhile, only had 23 points last year, and he's also got 58 this season. So that's a huge jump forward. I wonder how much of that is just natural development and how much of that is maybe taking over the role that Logan Mayu may have played last year for the London Knights. Of course, he's moved on now. Uh, playing in Laval in the uh, American Hockey League for the Montreal Canadiens. Is it more about the opportunity and ice time from set for Sam Dickinson, or has he reinvented himself a little bit? Yeah, you know what, I, I, I think it is, you know, a larger part the talent level, although I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't downplay the opportunity factor as well. Um, you know, let's face it, this league is all about development. You see some guys, they get, uh, you know, and this is across the CHL, it's, you know, all of a sudden you see a guy get an opportunity who has that, um, you know, that innate talent or that skill set to put up big numbers. And, um, you know, some guys, they just figure it out. Um, you know, an example from my end just covering the Greyhounds was Rory Cairns, who was, uh, who was a Calgary prospect. Uh, you know, he went from nine goals in year one and he scored 30 in his second year in the league. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's no secret that guys can make uh, – you know, when you're dealing with teenagers at this level, it's no secret that guys can take, uh, you know, can take significant jumps. And, you know, I do think that's part of what we're seeing out of Sam Dickinson this year is that he's, you know, he's getting that opportunity, but he's also, um, you know, developed himself really well between year one and year two. And, um, you know, that experience last year of, um, you know, playing in 60 plus games with London has been, uh, you know, I think it's been a help for him in terms of, you know, figuring out what it takes to be successful, uh, you know, it's his style of defense. But, you know, the nice thing about him is he's a, he's a kid that's, uh, you know, got good skill, but he's a, he's a big kid too. I mean, he's at 6'3", 195. So, you know, anytime you can get a mix of, uh, you know, size on the blue line with some skill, it's, uh, you know, makes for, uh, makes for a, ba- uh, you know, a, a very solid defenseman. How do you describe this Greyhounds uh, lineup? You get to see them all the time, very much from the outside looking in, just looking at their stats. Jack Beck leads the way by a fair margin on his own team. And in fact, the next guy is there's a drop after him as well. Is this, is it fair to say this is a top heavy team and might not have the depth that some of the other top clubs in the O have? 
Yeah, you know what? I I, I think with this group, it's uh, you know it's it's an interesting group. I mean, I'll I'll be the first to admit this team has surprised me this year. Um, you know, I know this is something you and you and I have talked about uh, you know a bit, but um, you know this is a team that um, you know when you look at it, they're they're top heavy in a sense, but um, like when you go down the roster, it's it's very interesting. Just even even in terms of goals, um, you know, this is a team that's got. Um, you know, a guy like Justin Gluche, who's ninth in team scoring, has 19 goals, and he'll, you know, easily surpass 20. Jordan Dentino is an overage guy who's, you know, 11th in team scoring, and he's got 17 goals. Um, you know, this is a team that, uh, you know, has figured out a way to get scoring from a lot of different areas. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of nights where it's not necessarily, you know, aside from Jack Beck and, and more recently since the trade dead, deadline, Gavin Hayes. Um, you know, this has been a team where, you know, it, it's been different guys on different nights that have come up big for them. Um, you know, and they have had some guys miss, um, you know, somewhat significant time. Like, you know, Bryce McConnell Barker's a kid that, uh, you know, he missed, you know, six weeks due to a concussion. Right. Um, you know, so his numbers would be, um, you know, he's a point of game guy right now. And I have no doubt he'd be, um, you know, at 50 plus points at this point if uh, if he hadn't been hurt. You know, Owen Allard missed time due to the World Juniors, and you know, he's another guy that, um, you know, his, his development took, I don't want to say a step back, but it took a hit last year because he did miss most of the year, um, you know, but he's a kid that, um, you know, has come through really well. He's just under a point of game guy. Um, you know, Marco Mignos is probably the one guy. He's third in team scoring. He's got 50 points. Um, he's a kid that's probably taken the biggest step for me. Um you know, he's a kid that is, is, you know, in two years, his career high was 37 points, and that was last year. And, um, you know, he's got 20 goals this year, which is almost double his career high. Um, you know, he's a kid that's, um, you know, taken a step. And I think the big thing for this team is, you know, they've had a lot of guys that have taken a bit of a step. Um, you know, so it's kind of helped in terms of, you know, like you mentioned earlier, where this is a team that, you know, doesn't not have necessarily a ton of, you know, you don't look at their roster and you don't see, Denver Barkey and, you know, Oliver Bonk and, right. and, you know, Easton Cowan and all these guys that have big numbers offensively. But when you look down their roster, it's like, hey, you know what? This is a team that their their numbers offensively are, are pretty good all the way through. Like, you know, if you had told me this was going to be a team that had, um, you know, 10 guys at, at 33 points and up at this point in the year, I would have said, hey, yeah, you know what? This team's in you know, could be in good shape. Admittedly, they've scored more than I expected them to this year. I thought, um, you know, scoring was going to be more of an issue than it has been. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that, uh, you know, they figured out a way to get scoring from different guys when they needed it. And that's, you know, I think that's a big part of where their success has come through this year. All right, Brad, that takes us to Saginaw. And they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or eight, or maybe nine NHL drafted players on this roster. This is a team that's definitely been constructed over the over the course of the season. A lot of mercenaries on this team. Based on the standings, they're legit to be OHL contenders. Can they be Memorial Cup contenders as well? In your opinion, I would I would say yes. Um, you know, I have no doubt that this team's going to be uh, you know going to be competitive at the Memorial Cup. This is going to be uh, you know not that it happens very often, but this isn't going to be a host team that is going to get get in there, get into the tournament and get blown out, uh, you know, in all three games and, you know, three and out kind of thing. This is a team that's going to be, uh, going to be competitive. I, I, 
you know, I have concerns that at some points with their goaltending, I mean, Andrew Oak and Nolan Lalonde have been good for them. And, you know, Nolan Lalonde has been really good since, since coming over from Erie, but um, you know, and I, and I think it's more maybe a concern with three out of the top four. London's probably the only team where I would look at and say, yes, their goaltending is guaranteed going to be, um, you know, going to be something that's going to be able to get them through because they've got a guy that's, won an OHL title where the other three teams don't really have a, um, the other three in the West rather don't really have a lot of uh, playoff heavy experience um, in goal. But, um, you know, this is a team that, um, you know, has added, uh, you know, added seemingly the right pieces. Um, you know, they added Jorian Donovan, which was a, a move that, uh, you know, I thought they overpaid for him, but it was a nice, it was still a nice player to add to their blue line. Um, you know, again, a veteran guy that's been through, um, you know, been through the playoff wars, so to speak, you know, at this level. And, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been good for them. And, um, yeah, this is a team that, um, you know, they added significantly this year. Um, you know, I, I don't know necessarily that they had to go quite as, as I don't want to say overboard, but quite as far as they have. But, um, you know, let's face it, they had a guy like Owen Beck who's been great for them. Uh, you know, he's, and again, another guy that's got, uh, you know, a lot of playoff experience last year with, uh, with Peterborough. So, you know, this is a team that's seemingly added the right types of players, um, you know, to keep themselves, uh, keep themselves kind of in the hunt and make sure that they were competitive. And, uh, you know, they're going to be, I have no doubt this team's going to be, uh, going to be really good in the playoffs and, you know, extremely competitive at the Memorial Cup. And, you know, I, I would definitely say this is a team that, uh, you know, is, is good enough to compete and, and potentially win that tournament. Michael Misa had uh, 56 points in 45 games last year as a rookie. This year, he's passed the points, but he's also played more games. Uh, he's got 59 points in 54 games. Has, has this been a, more difficult sophomore season for him than people expected? I think maybe a little bit. I think, uh, you know, for him, it's, you know, he's been playing top six minutes for them, uh, for them this year. And, um, you know, I, I think him seeing, you know, a lot of the tough, you know, he's seeing a lot of tough matchups. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a kid that, you know, even with the talent level that this, that this Sagan roster has, he's still a kid that's seeing, you know, top six forwards and top four D every night. And, um, you know, usually seeing real tough matchups, um, you know, and, and it's tough when you're playing, you know, the Londons and the Sault Ste. Marie's and, and the, the, the more elite teams regularly, because, you know, you're not playing against rosters that, um, you know, there's a drop off after line one, or there's a drop off after your top two defensemen where, you know, if you slot a guy like that in on the second line, he's getting an opportunity against guys who may be a year away from being really good in the league where, you know, now he's facing, uh, you know, he's facing a lot of teams, top players every, every single night. And, um, you know, he's been, he's been good. He's had, uh, you know, there's been moments this year where, you know, it might not, it maybe hasn't come as easy for him, um, you know, but he's managed to seemingly battle through it and, um, you know, put himself in a position where, um, you know, he's been a, a real big piece for uh, for that Saginaw team, and and that's tough on a on a team that added the way they did too, as well, right? It's um, you know this is a team that added a lot of high end forwards over the last uh, you know over the last year to get ready for uh, for the Memorial Cup. So um, you know he's he's earned his opportunities. He's 
making the most of it. And, you know, he, like you said before, he's seemingly uh, you know, doing a pretty good job of, of pushing through the, uh, the times where things might not be coming as easy for him. Yeah. That many changes. Sometimes chemistry takes a little while to uh, come together for a team, but they've, they've uh, won eight of their last 10. Uh, they seem to be rolling pretty good right now. I got Zane Parekh uh, tentatively scheduled to be on the show next week. Um, give me your scouting report. What do you see when you watch him play? A lot. He's, you know what? He's a kid that's a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, he's every bit as good as as people have built him built him up to me. Rather, um, you know, if you had told me at the beginning of the year that he'd be, uh, you know, at twenty seven goals with, uh, you know, a legit shot to, you know, get thirty at least, um, you know, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have said he was going to get to get to thirty goals, but um, you know, he's probably. Offensively, he's probably one of the best offensive defensemen, especially for a draft eligible guy that yeah. um, you know that I've seen. I, I I can't think of um, you know in covering the league, I can't think of too many draft eligible guys that uh, you know that have made the type of jump that he did this year. Um, you know, twenty goals last year was uh, was definitely a surprise as uh, as a rookie, and you know for him to to double his point output this year, um, you know, has been great. Um, you know, do I, do I think playing on a, you know, an elite team with a lot of high end offensive guys helps? Yeah, I, I would say it does, but you know, at the end of the day, he's, you know, he's also a guy who's playing top four minutes for, uh, for Saginaw on their blue line. He's usually you know, playing against the elite players in the league as well. So, um, you know, when you, when you look at that 52 assist number, um, you know, that, that, that's a mark of a kid that's, you know, that's got it figured out and, um, you can certainly see why scouts are are so high on this kid. His his offensive game as a draft and a, as an NHL draft eligible guy is just absolutely unreal. Yeah, huge numbers this year. Seventy nine points, as I mentioned, and that's uh, eighteen points more than anybody else on his team. Uh, that's those are ridiculous numbers for sure. Uh, it's going to make for an exciting playoff, isn't it, Brad? Uh, this has been great. Really appreciate your time uh, and looking forward to the postseason. Uh, we're not that far away now, and I'm sure we'll chat again. Yeah, absolutely, man. Look forward to it. Uh, playoff time is always the best time of year. That's Brad Cogemilio from Sue Today. Do you agree with the premise that I put forward at the start of that segment? That it's those four teams in the Western Conference. They're the legit contenders for the OHL title this year. Man, one team is going to come out of the East and be licking their chops uh, at, you know, they, I mean, they're going to be heavy underdogs going against whichever one of those four teams is in the final against them. But if it's Saginaw, holy cow, you got a free ticket to the Memorial Cup. And maybe that's unfair. The Sudbury Wolves are really good. The Oshawa Generals have been on fire here over the last couple of months. So maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. And you can tell me that if that's the case as well. But, you know, just picture that one of those teams going up against London in a seven-game playoff series or Saginaw or Kitchener. They will be the underdogs. I have one more guest for you this week. It's an extended conversation with uh, 2024 draft eligible Adam Yecko of the Edmonton Oil Kings, a big six foot five forward from uh, Czechia or the Czech Republic. That's one of the things we talk about. Ranked 13th overall in North America by NHL Central Scouting. Let's get to know him next. You're listening to the Pipeline Show. It's brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. Hi, this is John Gunther of the Edmonton Oil Kings. And he'll lead out three Oil Kings. Riley Sachuk three on through through neutral ice. Sachuk gains the line, floats it in front for Gunther, charging down. Gunther, and it scores! I didn't think they'd find a way to make that work, but it does. 
Dylan Gunther tucks it home. It's 6-3 Edmonton. And you're listening to The Pipeline Show. The Oil Kings are Edmonton's first choice for family fun. Your Edmonton Oil Kings are back in the thick of it, taking the WHL by storm. And you can be right there cheering them on. Great family entertainment starts at just $20 a seat or never miss a game with season seats as low as $9 per game. Thrilling Western Hockey League action, amazing theme nights, and special price kids' food combos at every home game for $10 or less. The entertainment value is king-sized. Secure your seat for the next action-packed, exciting Oil Kings home game today at oilkings.ca. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Hello there. We are back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, and uh, we're going to turn on the 2024 draft spotlight and get to know another player that is eligible for the upcoming NHL draft. A quick reminder that the program is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best. You can get it in three Edmonton and area locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, or you can go to their website, and order it online, and it will be shipped to you anywhere in Western Canada at WilhockBeefJerky.com. All right, the spotlight gets turned on, and we uh, keep it close to home here as we uh, go to the Edmonton Oil Kings and uh, import forward Adam Yecko is my guest. Uh, Adam, welcome to the program. How are you? Thanks for the invite, and uh, I'm great. Uh, thanks for asking. Well, I appreciate you making time like this. It's a It's a good week to call you because there's been a lot of fun hockey here. At uh, at Rogers Place, the Oil Kings with a couple of wins last weekend against Red Deer. A pretty entertaining game on Monday against the Medicine Hat Tigers, and of course uh, a big victory on Wednesday uh, against the uh, the Calgary Hitmen. Uh, how are things going right now for the uh, for the Oil Kings? Oh uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's it's been a fun week. Uh, obviously, two two big wins against against Red Deer, uh, which is a really tough opponent, and then the then. A L- little bit of a crazy game against Medicine had high scoring, and uh, then then obviously the the last night went uh, against Calgary, which was which was really 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 a uh, great game for us. And yeah, um, like I said, it's been, it's been a fun week, and um, I hope we are gonna uh, continue in this and keep the things rolling. For people who are listening right now that might not uh, be aware, on Monday it was a nine seven game against uh, Medicine Hat. When's the last time you played in a hockey game where there were 16 goals? Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's been quite some time to be honest. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, doesn't doesn't happen too often. And, yeah. Um, probably, probably also we are trying to stay away from those games. It's <laughs> uh, it's pretty much like a roulette. So, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely a little bit of a crazy game. But like I said, we will try to stay away from those games and uh, probably play just more of those uh, uh usual hockey games there uh around those four 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 goals and stuff so well and some big crowds this uh recently here in Edmonton as well uh over more than 45,000 people over the last four games uh that have been in attendance big game on Wednesday with uh almost 16,000 people in the building what's that like as a player to to come out you're playing in an NHL building uh, that must be exciting though when you step out on the ice and it's uh you know almost a full building Oh, it's 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 awesome. It's uh, it's just we are super fortunate to to play in this this in this city and um, in front of this kind of a crowd. It's it's something uh, super special that uh, doesn't happen every day. And uh, yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a extra player on the ice for us. I think they just drive you, they give you the energy when you don't when you when you need it and when you don't have to. 
So yeah, it's it's been amazing and uh, super fortunate to have this growth. Right now, you're sitting with 33 points through 41 games, including 16 goals. Uh, you've you've missed some time. There were some injuries and uh, illness along the way this season. Uh, what's this year been like for you? I think it's been it's been great. Uh, for first year for me here in Canada. Um, so uh, had I had to adapt for the for the North American hockey, but like. Uh, I think I did a pretty decent job in that, and um, I'm trying to trying to enjoy every every single day here in Canada and try to develop myself as a player and as a as a person. So, yeah, I, I've been enjoying Edmonton so so far. I don't know if I can even describe my words. So, um, great great group of guys, uh, great group of people around that uh, are taking care of us. So. Yeah, it's been amazing so far. Your line mates, I, I'm guessing they've changed. A, well, I know they've changed a lot over the course of the season. There's been so many players in and out of the uh, Oil Kings roster this year. Who do you get to play with or who do you feel like you're more comfortable with uh, when you're uh, lining up? I, I would say that I, I'm playing a, a lot of time with uh, guys like... Um, Dine Ash, uh, Gavin Hodnett, uh, mm-hmm. Skyler Bruce. I would say he's now he's obviously now injured, but uh, before his injury, I was I was playing with him quite a lot, and uh, I obviously enjoy to play with those guys. It's, it's they're they're great, great players and uh, great guys too. So yeah, I would say these these guys. But like like you said, there there's gonna there were a lot of changes in the in the lineups and uh, in team in general. So uh, it changes pretty often so adam yakko of the edmonton oil kings is my guest here on the pipeline show uh, adam the uh the pipeline show it's a junior and a college hockey show so my regular audience will will follow you obviously i'm based here in edmonton like uh, uh and i do color for the oil kings so i'm familiar with you but there'll be casual nhl fans who will listen to this segment uh just because you're a draft eligible player they might not watch junior hockey at all uh, but uh, they'll have an interest in getting to know you a little bit more because of the NHL draft. Uh, so I'm going to ask you some basic questions uh, for that portion of the audience. Uh, let's start with uh, where you grew up. Uh, you're from the Czech Republic. Uh, what's the name of the town that you're from? It's called the Zlin. It's it's a smaller city. It's uh it's more like a um, on the borderline, and yeah, it's uh the seventy seventy thousand people in in my in my city. So. Uh, it's not the biggest one, but not a smallest one too. So, uh, who got you into hockey at a young age? I would say my parents. Uh, I the first sport that I started starting playing was was tennis, and um, then then I found my way into the hockey somehow. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say my parents. My dad was was the one that uh, made the first steps with me on the ice. Tennis and hockey, pretty different sports. I mean, uh, one is a team sport; the other one, you're by yourself. Yeah, like, how do you go from tennis to hockey, though? The the story that my parents told me was that they were trying to find find a sport for me to play, and um, they they had some some friends that uh, had a tennis racket, and uh, once I picked it up, I was I was pretty good in it, and uh, I loved I fell in love with that sport uh, right away. So. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it's, uh, one is a team sport, one is an uh, individual sport. So, probably both of the sports has uh, its pros and cons. But it, I had to make made a choice when I was uh, twelve, which which sport I'm um, gonna be playing like in the in the in the future. So, right. uh, hopefully, I made the right choice. But uh, time will tell. Is there anything about the way you play tennis or 
maybe the muscles you use or the the motions that you you do playing tennis that translate to hockey do they go together at all yeah i i mean i think it's a great sport uh for the for the hockey players like uh, there's a there's a lots of stop and and starts you have to react for the for the balls and uh obviously the, it's it's a great for cardio too so um, yeah, I, I think it's a great sport and it complements hockey really well. So uh, definitely, definitely one of the one of the reasons that uh, I am where I am now. How old were you when you first started playing hockey? I was four. I was four years old. Four years old. Okay, so you started uh, still pretty young as well. You're a forward now. Have you always been a forward? Yeah, yeah, always been a forward. A uh, lot of people ask me about that. If uh, obviously with my with my big frame, if um, it wouldn't be better for me to to play uh, defenseman, but uh, always been forward, always uh, like to score goals and and make a play. So, do you say Czechia or the Czech Republic? Uh, I say Czech Republic, but most of you will say Czechia, and I think that it's of- official. It's Czechia too. So, okay, I, I was told that uh, that only outsiders call it Czechia now, and that everyone from the Czech Republic, like Laddie Schmid, I think, was the one who who said it. Like nobody there calls it. Czechia, it's still the Czech Republic to everybody, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, is that true or no? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's true to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know what it's like in uh, in Czechia or the Czech Republic in in, uh, in terms of minor hockey, but here, like a lot of your uh, Canadian teammates, maybe when they were six or seven or eight years old, their hockey team might not have had a full time goaltender, so everybody would have to take their turn putting their pads on and maybe play a game or two as the netminder did you ever have an experience like that when you were a kid were you were you tried being a goaltender uh i did i did and it's it's a pretty funny story because i um i was super excited to 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 get my get my turn and uh and try to to be a goaltender for uh-huh. for one practice and um it it didn't go the way that i would love to my <laughs> my my mom had to um help me get into the gear and uh, once we get got on the ice i I, sh- I just found out it's completely different than i thought it will be so uh, I I was not moving uh, super well in the net, and I was trying to uh, play like a like a soccer pretty much. So I was trying to stop the pucks with my blades of the skates, and yeah, it was uh, it was it was not the not the greatest performance uh, by a goaltender from me. So uh, definitely stick to the player will be there for me. So that's funny. All right. Uh, well, it seems to be working out as a four. I, you're a big guy. I mean, you're listed at six foot five. Have you always been like the biggest kid in your class at school growing up, or did you have a gr- big growth spurt when you were like thirteen, fourteen? Uh, I've always been one of the, one of the tallest guys. Yeah, uh, since since I was a kid, I was a I was a pretty big boy. So yeah, since since I was a kid, I was one of the tallest in the team and in the school and everywhere. Adam Yeko is my guest, and I want to get that pronunciation for the listeners as well. Uh, we were told at the start of the year, it looks like Jacko, but it's actually Yekko. Although everybody that I've talked to today uh, to set this interview up, everybody calls you Jacko or Jex. I imagine that's kind of a nickname, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, it is pronounced Yekko, like as if it was a Y for us Canadians. It is Yekko. Yeah, it is Yekko. Like you said, I have a, uh, of a nickname of a, of a Jex or, or Jekko, but uh, I think the current way to say it. it's it's Yeko. Well, I want to say it the way that your your parents would say it if they happen to be listening to this one day. So I want to make sure I get yeah, it right. That, then it's Yeko. All then right, it's Yeko. Perfect. Tell me about your path 
uh, to where we are now that you're playing in Western Canada because in the last couple of years you've been playing in Finland. Uh, why did you leave uh, Czechia or the Czech Republic to go play in Finland? Uh, so so the probably the biggest reason was uh, the COVID situation in Czech Republic. Um, it wasn't a great. We were not able to to practice or or not even play a game. So uh, we basically, with my with my agency and with my with my family, we uh, tried to come up with a, with a different solutions. And mm-hmm. um, I, I got an offer from from the team in Finland that I that I played for last uh, three years or whatever. So yeah, we. We just uh, sat with, sat down with my family and and talked about it, and we decided that it's it's a it's a pretty good opportunity for me to to get some more practice in and more games in. So um, yeah, I, I, obviously I think I'm happy that I made that choice, and it definitely um, developed me as a as a player and as a person too. Yeah, two and a half years playing for uh, Tapera of uh, in Finland. What was the uh, the difference in the quality of hockey? You go from where you were comfortable playing at home uh, to a foreign country like Finland and trying to fit into a, a new system there. Was it a big difference or was it easy for you? I think it was it was it was a it was a pretty pretty big difference. Obviously, uh, for the first time uh, living without my without my family, there's uh, in Finland also there's not a not a thing such a thing as a as a building so mm-hmm. i had my own own apartment so i had to cook cook for myself uh do the laundry and uh, all that kind of stuff so uh, sometimes it, it got pretty tough but um i think it developed me as a as a person like like huge and um the, the hockey too it's uh, they the the work rate and like the 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 work that they put in every day it's it's on a really high level so there's not that many games so it's it's a lot more practice days and um yeah sometimes it got got pretty hard and off the ice i mean you're living in a foreign country different language are you pretty fluent in finnish now uh not really not really i can understand some some words and uh if somebody's gonna talk to me in in finnish i can uh probably understand a little bit but definitely (laughs) not everything I know Kitos Palion and I know Olehuva. That's about all I know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know much more, so yeah. All right. Uh, and then tell me about Canada and, and when playing in North America, uh, when that idea came to you or to your your uh, representation, uh, and uh, and why you decided it was probably good for you to come over here in your NHL draft year. The the biggest biggest reason was. Uh, that I want to see myself develop a little bit more, and um, I think that my development um, needs to be needs to be done, or like I need to develop in uh, some of the stuff uh, like a like a battle around the boards and um, not not like looping around the around the ice, so uh, playing more in straight lines. So um, I thought that that's that's. Uh, something that I need to work on, and I think a great, great uh, opportunity opportunity to work on that. It's it's here in Canada, and um, in the last couple of years, uh, there, there's a there's a lot of guys from from Czech Republic that uh, went to Canada, and uh, they they made a huge development. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a great opportunity for for the young guys to develop. So. Yeah, I just I just talked about that again with my with my agency and my family, and yeah, we we decided that I will I will I will give it a try, and um, now I I think that I made the right choice. So yeah, glad about that. 
Well, the Oil Kings had a really early uh, pick in the CHL import draft, so uh, they pretty much had their pick of uh, of every player that was available. How long had you been talking to the Oil Kings, or when did you know that it was going to be Edmonton? And I wonder if you talked to anybody else. You mentioned some of the other uh, players from from Czechia that you chatted with anybody about what the Western Hockey League was like or uh, what Edmonton specifically was like. Uh, did you have any kind of idea? I think the 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 big advantage in that was that uh, Laddie Smitty is obviously is a is a part of of Edmonton hockey. So mm-hmm. um, he was he was the fir- first first guy that uh, like kind of contact me and and just like uh, say how, how how is it working here and uh, what is it all about. So um, but like uh, since since that uh, th- I I will have to say that there were like. There were a couple, a couple other choices, but uh, the one that I was most most focus, focused on was was this one from from Edmonton. I think it's a it's it, if not if not the best, then one of the best organization in the in the whole uh, Canadian Junior Hockey League. So uh, yeah, once once I once I get to see and uh, talk with talk with Kurt Hill and um, the people the people from from here from the All Kings. I was I was super excited and uh, super happy that um, I have this opportunity and um, yeah, like I said, it's it's one of the great greatest organization in this league and super happy to to be part of it now. Well, as I mentioned, thirty three points this year uh, through forty one games coming into this weekend's play. You're in uh, Lethbridge on uh, Friday night. Uh, before the season started, you're in the Holinka Gretzky Cup and that wasn't new for you. You played in three straight. Uh, Holinka Gretzky Cup tournaments. Uh, what was that event like for you? Uh, because I know this past one was in Czechia, and you got to the gold medal game and overtime victory for Canada. But a pretty exciting tournament. Oh, absolutely! It's it's definitely one of the one of the uh, best tournaments that that I had a chance to play on, and um, uh, always super fun to play in that tournament. You're playing against the against the best guys. Uh, from your age group and uh, like you said it was uh, now in Czech Republic and it was the last one that I was eligible for so uh, super happy that uh, we did like we did uh, second second place uh, is a great achievement and um, obviously I was pretty sad about about um, the loss in the finals but mm-hmm. uh, once uh, once once the time goes um, you you basically like realize that uh, even second place, it's a it's a it's a great achievement, and yeah, uh, enjoyed every second every second of that tournament, and yeah, it was great. Uh, let's talk about the NHL draft, if you don't mind. Uh, I know there are some players I talk to on this show who say during the the season they don't really want to think about the draft; they don't want to be focused on that and and get distracted from just playing the game. Uh, but there are other players who tell me they that they. They, they might Google themselves and see who's got them ranked where, and they use that as motivation to try to, to improve where they're ranked. Uh, what about you? Do you think about the draft and the rankings and stuff, or no? Not really. I, I'm I'm the first first option that of uh, the guys that they're trying to like not think about it too much and just trying to enjoy um, the games in the in the Western Hockey League and and uh, the practice every day and. Just like I said, enjoying the ride. Uh, I think the draft is kind of like a result of your of your work or your everyday work that you put 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 in, and pretty pretty hard on on your on yourself when you're just thinking about the 
about the draft constantly and uh so like i said I, i'm i'm trying to not think about it too much and just like uh go day by day all right i know there are a few of your uh edmonton oil king teammates who are also being uh, looked at by uh, uh nhl central scouting guys uh, like uh well, Reese Peterson on the back end, Parker Alcos, and, and Gavin Hodnett as well, all draft-eligible players. It's not something that you guys talk about ever. It's like a taboo subject. I don't know if you know that expression, but just something you don't bring up. It's bad luck almost. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't bring that up uh, at all, uh, to be honest. It's, like I said, I, I think that they're, they have pretty much the same same mindset as, as I do, so uh, we don't care about that now too much, and um, we just we just um, we're just trying to enjoy uh, the ride and, and trying to be focused on 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 the games that we are playing now in the WHL. Okay, well, uh, like I said, there might be some NHL fans listening to this who don't watch junior hockey, so there'll be some people maybe who have never seen you play, and they're going to want to know what type of a player you are. So I can mention the stats, but that doesn't always tell the whole picture. So. If I asked you to give us a self-scouting report, how would you describe yourself as a player? I would say that uh, obviously I'm a, I'm a big big size uh, forward, but uh, I would say there's not a not a lot of of guys of my size that can play uh, that can play this kind of a game, uh, this kind of a skill game that I, that I can play. I think that I can bring bring um, my skill and uh, obviously my shot and and the vision that I have in, in, into the game, and uh, I can score a goal. I can I can defend well. So I would say pretty pretty complete player in general. And um, yeah, uh, I think the the thing that that's going to stand out the most it's it's the is the skill though. So yeah. Right now, you have almost as many goals as assists, so it's it's almost exactly the same number. Do you see yourself more as a goal scorer or the guy who sets up the playmaker? It, it's hard to be honest. It, it it depends. Like sometimes I feel like um, I'm I'm setting up the the my teammates more, and and other other nights or other games, I feel like uh, I'm just standing there and um all of all that i'm doing i'm just putting the puck in the net mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh it depends but i i don't know if I, I i could say if i'm more like a goal scorer or, or playmaker okay it's kind of like a like a 50 50 i would say when a guy is uh, as big as you are listed at six foot five the question is always well how how well is his skating how how good of a skater is he is that something that you find yourself working on a lot? Would you say that's maybe the thing that you have to work on the most at this point? Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a it's a it's a huge factor. Obviously, um, big guys are are usually not uh, super fast or or super dynamic. So uh, definitely have to work on on my first first few steps and uh, the acceler- acceleration, but. At the same time, I think that uh, when I get myself moving, uh, it's it's hard to stop me, and uh, I have a pretty good stride. So I think that I can use that as my advantage too. Adam Yako, just a couple more questions uh, for Adam uh, as we get to know him a lot more uh, ahead of the upcoming NHL draft. Uh, the standings right now in the Western Hockey League, they don't look great for Edmonton in terms of uh, making the playoffs. Still mathematically a possibility, but uh, certainly there's a few teams between you and that final playoff spot. Uh, if you don't happen to make the playoffs, will you be playing in the World U18, do you think? Is that something that's on your radar? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. It, it obviously depends on the on the, on the the national team coach or mm-hmm. 
or if 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 he wants me to if he wants me to go but um yeah pr- probably but like i said i'm still still focused yeah. on the whl season and like you said it's, it's still not over there's still possibility so just go game by game and uh, and see what's going to happen what do you do away from hockey adam in the summer you go back home or are you going to stay here uh, over the course of the summer and train i imagine you'll go back home and when you're there and you what are you doing how do you spend your time yeah i'll probably probably go home back to Czech republic and uh play play a lot of tennis to be mm-hmm. honest and yeah. um just just gonna enjoy enjoy my time with with my family and friends and um there's probably not gonna be uh too much time though because uh the the schedule is, is gonna be pretty tight so um it's gonna be a lot of a lot of practicing uh i will probably start my start my off season or like the summer training pretty pretty soon so i so i have a i have a, a good long summer training so i'm ready for the for the upcoming season and uh yeah but like i said i will i will just try to enjoy um every every day that i have here and uh gonna see my friends my family so it's it's gonna be great well, Adam, uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Your English is terrific, by the way. I- I'm wondering how how quickly it came to you. Uh, it's not your first language, obviously, but uh, how? D- when did you start learning English, and and how did you uh, uh, learn the language so so easily? Uh, well, thanks for thanks for the compliments, and uh, I I think that I started uh, learning English in like. Uh, fourth grade in elementary school okay that was like the the first time that it all started it's um like a it it, it all started like this like this in the in the schooling system in Czech republic and uh we would have a couple hours um in the week so that that uh pretty much started all and i think that the um the state when i was in finland definitely helped me a lot because uh obviously there's no nobody speaking my my uh my language so right. i had to I had to try to speak english and that helped me a ton i think well this has been great adam uh i will see you at the rink and whatever happens the rest of the way this year with the oil kings and then at the draft uh do you plan on being here next year Definitely, definitely. I would love to. I, I love the Edmonton, and uh, it would be a it would be a pleasure to to be there again next year. Great. Well, we'll talk again then. Thanks for doing this, Adam. Thank you so much. Truly appreciate your time and and the invite. So super super nice to talk to you. There's Adam Yako of the Edmonton Oil Kings, and I didn't know what to expect. I had actually I'd never really had a conversation with him this year. I'm not around the team on a regular basis. So just call the games. But I'm not on the bus like uh, Andrew Peard was for most of the season. Dave Dawson, now the uh, voice of the Edmonton Oil Kings, says that AP has moved up, taken on a role with the Edmonton Oilers. So if you haven't heard Dave call a game uh, yet for the Oil Kings, they're in Lethbridge tonight. You can tune into that one. It's on iHeartRadio, all the Oil King games. Go to the uh, Oil Kings website at oilkings.ca. But Adam's been a fun player to watch. I was really impressed with his uh, command of the English language. Uh, on the ice, big body. He's got great hands. He's not a blazer, but I don't. I wouldn't say that his skating is a problem. I don't think it's going to hold him back. You know, it's not a standout asset for him, but I don't think it's a, a bad thing either. I saw earlier today that uh, Jakob Demek has been recalled by the Vegas Golden Knights. Might play this weekend, making his NHL debut. Former Edmonton Oil King, former Kamloops Blazer as well. So add him to the list of uh, Oil Kings who have uh, made it to the big show. You draft junkies out there, well, let me know what you think of Adam Yakko. You can find me on the old Twitter machine, 
at TPS underscore Gee. Let me know where you think he should go in the NHL draft. All right, folks, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the program. I know it's just the two guests, and uh, you know, if you're a longtime listener, uh, I don't like to have only two guests. I want at least three. That wasn't possible this week, but I can tell you that a couple of those guests that I had lined up uh, have been pushed to next week. Fingers crossed, I believe I will be speaking with uh, Zane Parekh of the Saginaw Spirit. He'll be a first-round pick in the 2024 draft, and uh, Michael Hage, uh, of the Chicago Steel in the USHL, Canadian, playing down south. I believe I'll be chatting with him early next week as well. I did have a call out and an interview scheduled with a pretty high-ranked player for the NHL draft. That was supposed to happen this coming Wednesday, but uh, I just got an email that doesn't look like that's going to happen. So unfortunate there, but uh, for sure at least a pair of 2024 draft spotlight segments to get to. Didn't have a college hockey segment this week, so you know I'll be uh, touching base with somebody down south about that. But as we get closer and closer to the playoffs, uh, boy, there's going to be lots more to talk about for sure. Make sure you join me each week here on the Pipeline Show for that. You can hear it on EdmontonSportsTalk.com on Saturdays and Monday evenings. And you can find it as a podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. Until next week, everybody, get out and watch some junior college hockey so that we can talk about it right here on The Pipeline Show. It's brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, and my name is Guy Flaming. See ya!